Welcome to episode 5 of the Afterthought Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to recap the last two weeks and talk about our performance as a whole as we come down to the final two games. On our featured segment, we are going to go over the multiple scenarios on how the Eagles can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. Let's get it. Alright and welcome to episode 5 of the Afterthought Podcast. My name is Alex Foldatz and as always I'm joined by my co-host Andrew Rubin. Andrew, how are we feeling today? Feeling good man, feeling good. I can't believe that like 2021 is almost over. It's just very strange. Like uh, this, this, this year has kind of been a blur such as was the previous year. But anyway, I'm happy to be back talking about football. Uh, it feels like it's been forever since we've done this, you know, there's a little bit of withdrawal that, that I was feeling. I'm not going to lie. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting back into the routine. Got some, some fun Eagles, uh, some fun Eagles games to talk about. Uh, how was your Christmas, man? Any, any fun gifts that Santa leave anything nice for you under the tree? Well, once you have a kid, um, all of that goes out the window. You don't get gifts anymore and nobody cares about you. They only care about your child. Um, my mother-in-law decided to buy my son these things called Linkamoles. And what they are is if you go down the toy aisle, they are these singing plush toys. And when you press one of them, they all link up. There's eight variations. And guess how many we got on Christmas morning? Eight of them. So now Hmm. my entire living room is going to sound like a toy aisle at Target. And I am so excited. Thank you, Mimi, (laughs) for all of the great toys and entertainment we're going to have. How was your Christmas break, Andrew? It was it was lovely. I got to I had a little staycation, you know, didn't go too far, but the effect of it was still was still strong. Um, It was nice to just kind of unplug and hit the reset button a little bit and um yeah, it's been a, it's been another crazy busy year, but it was nice to see some family. Obviously, it was great to watch some football. I mean, what what are the holidays without football? Um, so yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. It's uh, now on the twenty twenty two. Yeah. Well, listen, I was really excited last week about going to the game on Sunday. We had behind enemy lines. We had my buddy Alex Adair join us. So excited to be down at the link at the first. Very meaningful game of the season. And because Roger Goodell didn't want to follow his COVID guidelines, they moved the game to Tuesday. And me and my wife were on a plane down to Tampa, Florida. So I was actually not able to go to one game. And you would think, you would think they wouldn't actually make the Eagles play two games in, I'm sorry, three games in 13 days. But they did. So not going to complain, but I did see two Eagles games in Florida, 74 and sunny all week, no clouds in the sky, but man, totally changed the trajectory of it because I was so excited to be able to go to get down to the stadium to see it. But shout out to Brian Fye who bought those tickets from me. He was up there. He was loud. Um, sure, when I go back <laughs> there, they'll uh, they'll let me know that he was loud up there. Brian Fye, loud? That's That's a first. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into it, man. Let's 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 get back to some normalcy here. Uh, start off the show with some two up and two down. Um, I know we have two games that uh, you know it's been two games since we've last spoken. So I'm sure we're gonna have um, 
some some things to talk about. So let's go with you first. I want to hear what your two up are, um, either from this past week or or the past the past two games. So yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, awesome. Let's do it, man. So starting with my two up, I have to start with Devonta Smith is a certified stud. This dude had made so many plays over the last two weeks. Um, they actually had him mic'd up during the Dallas. I'm sorry, during the Giants game, and he didn't even get the ball too many times. He was opening the end zone a few times. Dude is just a team player. He is balling out for his guys. He was screaming at the top of his lungs when Greg Ward caught that, you know, touchdown to put the nail in the coffin and everything like that. Um, then he had, you know, what, what did he say? It was like a Michael Jackson catch when he was scooting backwards last week. <laughs> um, incredible, man. Incredible. Just absolutely love what Devonta Smith brings to this team. Love his energy. Love his work ethic. Um, he uh, Jalen Hurts threw a deep ball. He made a huge adjustment um, on this last week game. Just so impressed with what I'm seeing from him. But that can't be overshadowed by my number two up. And our O-line is freaking elite. I'm going to repeat that. Our O-line is freaking elite. Andrew, do you know what team has the most amount of rushing yards in the NFL right now? Alex, I I mean, first of all, I feel like you're going to tell me. Uh, But second of all, (laughs) I hope that I don't end up repeating all of the same information you're about to give me because I was pretty blown away when I looked into some of this myself. So to answer your question, I do know who is number one in the NFL in rushing yards, but I'm going to let you I'm going to let you share that news. The Philadelphia Eagles have the top rushing offense in the NFL right now. We don't even have a number five. We don't even have a number 10 back on our team right now. That is not a testament to the people running the ball. That is a testament to our O-line. Kelsey running down the field, stride for stride with Miles Sanders, which, by the way, has zero touchdowns this year. Mine was absolutely blown when I saw that stat on the broadcast. (laughs) Kelsey down there. Lane Johnson out here catching touchdowns. Jordan Mulata having a heck of a year after a big contract signing. Oh, yeah. Our oh, offensive yeah. line is just crushing it. We don't have Derrick Henry. We don't have Jonathan Taylor. But yet we are still number one when it comes to running the ball. Last two weeks, the offensive line showed us that we deserve to be there. I was thrilled and amped up when I saw the stat this morning. What about you? I hope I'm not repeating the same two ups you have, but would love to hear yours, Andrew. No, this is beautiful because I can just kind of piggyback off of some of the things you're saying here because it is it it's been a you know a, a historic season for the Eagles in terms of rushing. Um, before I dive into some more numbers, I, I my my first thing that I did want to just kind of as a, as an as a general overview, and this kind of touches on the offense and the defense. Um, and I'm just going to look at this past week alone. But the Giants they ran 13 more plays than the Eagles did in that game, which was kind of which was kind of surprising. Um, but they ran seven, 73 plays for 192 total yards. 192 total yards. That's two point. That's a that's an average of 2.6 yards per play. Now the Eagles they only ran 60 plays, so they ran 13 less plays, but they more than. They they almost doubled uh, the Giants' total yardage. So the, the Eagles finished with 324 yards as opposed to 192 for the Giants. And on top of that, this is this was kind of uh, I mean th- I guess this is something that is uh, 
more of a downer than an upper, but, but this was the first game in the last eight weeks that the Eagles have not rushed for at least 175 yards. So when I look at, when I look at the giants and see 192 total yards, and I, and I know that that's what the, the Eagles have ran for 175 alone the previous seven weeks before this week. Um, it just, again, that kind of just plays into what you said about the offensive line and how absolutely dominant they've been and how it does not matter who is, you know, receiving those carries in the backfield. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go through a little bit of, did you know, as well, because my, my second two, you know, my second uh, positive is without a doubt the run game. And I also do appreciate that Sirianni, despite a slow start, you know, not running the ball early, which was highly frustrating. Uh, the adjustment in the second half, particularly the third quarter, and just kind of seeing how the Eagles took off from there was was incredible. Um, so uh, first off, uh, so the Eagles are number one in total rush yards. Um, they are also number one in yards per carry. So they are tied oh. with Cleveland. Yep. So with teams that you might expect with the uh, Cleveland Browns, with Nick Chubb and with uh, the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor. So all three of those teams are averaging just over five yards per carry, which is a huge, huge feat. Um, so 5.1 yards per carry. Um, the Eagles, not only do they um, lead in total rush yards, but they also lead in total rushing touchdowns. So they have 22 touchdowns rushing on the year. Um, Jalen Hurts leads the team with 10, which is damn impressive for, for a quarterback. Um, then it's Boston Scott with five. Uh, wow. Like you said, Miles, Miles Sanders is not on this list, so that's going to need to leave some space for some other people. Uh, so Jalen Hurts with 10, Boston Scott with five, Kenny Gainwell with four, and Jordan Howard with three. So I know I'm gonna I'm eating up a little bit of time here, but I do want to just go a little bit deeper into this right now, just to give some historical context to how huge of a season this has been for the Eagles running the ball and literally the reason why they are – Having success, they're over 500, and they are hopefully on the brink of a playoff, um, uh, you know, seed. So I went back since 1990. I did a little bit of research. Since 1990, they are currently, this is the second most rushing yards they've had in a season. And that's only because they have not played their 16th game yet. Uh, So right now, the Eagles are at 2,448 yards. In 2013 and in 1990, they were just slightly over 2,500. So they're about 100 yards away from from topping their their highest rushing total in the past 30 years. Um, I have a little bit of, I I, I would like to make this, you know, have some fun here. I love trivia. I'm a trivia nerd. So when there's an opportunity for it, you're damn damn well, I'm going to ask you some questions and try to catch you off guard, Alex. Um, So in 2013, when they had one of their highest rushing total seasons, who was their running back? That had to be Brian Westbrook. It was LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy. He ran for he ran for 1,600 yards that season. So that had a lot to do with it. And then <laughs> I thought this was funny. Uh, the other two contributing running backs were Bryce Brown and, of course, uh, Michael Vick. Each contributed a little over 300 yards. Um, and then in, in 1990, I thought this was wild. Randall Cunningham actually led the team with 942 rushing yards. He almost ran for 1,000 yards. Um so I, I thought that was pretty astounding. Wow. And then the second uh, historical thing I wanted to get into. Uh, so they have 22 rushing touchdowns. Like I said, in 2003, they had 23. So they had one more touchdown. Like I said, we still have one more game to go. Um, now I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you into this again. 2003, they had four players who scored rushing touchdowns. If you can name me 
I think you can give me two, but I, I, I want three. If you can give me three out of four, I'll be, I'll be impressed. So what was the question again? So this was 2003. Who were the rushing touchdown scores that made up the 23 touchdowns on the ground that they had in 2003? Uh, Buck Holter and Westbrook. <laughs> I don't know the third one. <laughs> Dude, yes, those were the top two. Yeah. Buck Holter actually led the yeah. team with eight rushing touchdowns. Westbrook had seven. Then our, our oh, old we had a, friend we, Deuce Hold on. We, we, oh, Deuce Daly. I was just going to say, yep. yep. Okay. No, you're good. Yep. I think that was like the one year they did have like that three-headed monster. They all got they all got intermixed, and then uh, finally McNabb had had three rushing touchdowns. So yeah, so they're the the twenty twenty one Eagles are one touchdown away from from eclipsing that mark. And uh, just you know, I know I, I I went in I went in a little deep there, but just kind of just to give additional context as to how huge the rush game has been this year, it just can't you know it's something that needs to be praised and and something that needs to be uh, definitely commended. So. Go team. Totally agree. No, and listen, I mean, I'm I I was actually shocked to see um, us at the at the top of that this morning. Um, it's awesome. It's it's so awesome, and and just like how much we've actually turned this season around um, into actually talking about playoffs. Like, just shout out to all those people at NFL.com that had us at thirty out of thirty-two on the power rankings. Say we were going to win four games this season. Real I mean, stats. It's real awesome. stat. Like, we, it is. Like, this is this is really cool that we are watching meaningful football at this point in the season. And it's like, on one hand, we're watching Devontae Smith and we're watching some of these young guys get to grow. And even Miles Sanders, you know, he's looked amazing as long as he's been healthy. Just seeing, you know, the the talent that we're going to have in the near future. But uh, being able to, to watch that and also be right in the thick of it is like pretty damn impressive. So it's been yeah. it's just been a fun year. So anyway. I uh, hate to just, you know, flip the flip the switch here and, and, and turn things more to the negative. But uh, I am curious to know where you think the Eagles can at least build on or things that um, can definitely be cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, no, listen, with my two down for the week or the last two weeks, it, it, it's going to have to be with we're just starting games entirely way too slow. Um, if it's not the defense, it's the offense. If it's not the offense, it's the defense. Um, listen, the last few weeks we played Garrett Gilbert, uh, Jake from Mike Glennon, right? Like let's, let's, <laughs> let's get a little grip on reality here and just realize what we're up against because, you know, next week we're playing Taylor Heineke who had an awful appearance in Dallas. And then we're probably going to play whoever was at Cooper rush, the, the backup for Dallas. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so listen, I, I'm a little bit worried that this hype right now is overshadowed because we're actually winning games by a significant margin. And listen, we are putting up this amount of points against these defenses. I get it. Uh, But we're just starting games entirely way too slow. When we make the wild card round and we play a real competent team with a, not a backup quarterback, um, (laughs) you know, unless you're Carson Wentz and, and you're putting yourself in harm's way, literally, um, I'm just a little bit worried that we're not going to be able to, to stand that test. So a little bit worried about that. And my second down, and it's not Jalen Rieger, but there's an individual on the what? team that just really let me down these last two weeks. And it's Dallas Goddard. Uh, listen, Zach Ertz couldn't break a tackle. Zach Ertz would get knocked down by a strong wind if it hit him the right way. Right. We all know that. <laughs> 
But Zach Ertz really never dropped the ball. Zach Ertz had a ton of game-winning catches. Zach Ertz came in clutch when he needed to be, and I just feel like Dallas Goddard kind of let me down a little bit these last two weeks. Hoping this isn't a trend, it doesn't continue, because we all see that even people like Jalen Rieger can run back punts once in a while, and they can (laughs) vindicate themselves, even though he's still not on my good list. I'm a little bit worried about what we've seen out of Dallas Scott these last two weeks. And I've actually looked back on some of his old film and old drops. He does drop the ball a little bit. I think he fights. He breaks tackles. I think he's awesome. I love that he's our number one tight end. A little bit worried about the drops. What about you, man? What are your two downs? First of all, if if <laughs> if this past game was enough for Reger to get back in your good graces, I that would have just been way <laughs> way too easy. It's just it, it would be just way yeah. It's just. But with that being said, man, like it was, he made a play. Like um, and I unfortunately, you know, you you weren't able to be at the game because you were in seventy five degree Florida. But I can only like I feel like uh, Philly is so good for those sarcastic cheers where it's just like a guy makes a play. It doesn't have to be the biggest play in the entire world, but it's just like something productive. And the place will just give like a sarcastic, like eruption just to say, (laughs) thank you. Finally. So anyway, uh, seeing him and like that, that kick return that he brought back quite a ways. I mean, that was at a pretty pivotal part of the game. So it wasn't like it was in garbage time and we didn't need it. Um, And also to your point about Dallas Goddard, it's like, it is crazy. Like the, the drops have been very problematic, but like, the Washington game, I mean, he was like, he was the guy, like he was the guy that we were targeting. He made, he did make a couple huge plays to make up for the drops. But then again, like, you know, the beginning of, of this past game against the Giants, it's, it, it seemed to be happening again. And it wasn't just him. It was quite a few plays. It was Sanders dropped one, Rager Agreed. dropped one. Um, so it's like, on one hand, it's like, we want to, there's times where I want to blame Sirianni for the, the slow start and not not just sticking to the run, which I, you know, I am questioning why, why didn't we just come out of the gates running the ball? Why come out on the first three plays and throw, throw, throw? Like I get trying to get uh, Jalen hurts into a rhythm, but it just seems like there's a time and a play. I I don't know. I just didn't quite see the reason for that. But with that being said, those weren't Jalen hurts fault that we weren't able to move the ball. They were just freak drops. And hopefully they get that cleaned up as we do get closer to the playoffs. Um, So clearly, um, you know, the, the, the drops, have been terrible. The early play calling has been rough. And again, I want to piggyback off your points about just the lack of production they've had in the first quarter alone. Um, The last time they played the Giants four weeks ago, zero points in the first quarter. Then they went on the next week to play the Jets and they gave up uh, three straight touchdown drives against the Jets. Uh, After that, again, zero points in the first quarter against Washington. They trailed 10 to nothing after the first. And then this past week, again, zero points in the first. So when you're, you know, over the past four weeks, when you've only been able to score seven total points in all of those first quarters combined, it's just, that's not how you want to come out of the gates. They've, They've needed to kind of make things more difficult for themselves than they needed to be. And, and granted they've shown resilience and they have bounced back in the second halves of these games, but um, they, they need to start doing themselves some favors and, and just come out of the gate swinging, man, you know, like just run the ball and score some damn points. It's not that hard, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So, so yeah, uh, with that being said, it's, it's, it's on to, it's on to Washington this upcoming week, and we were fortunate to not see Taylor Heineke. Not that he's a superstar, but he is a starting, he is their starter, you know, at quarterback. So um, the Eagles are going to have to keep that 
the defenses looked really good. And I just, again, it's like, they're not playing the, 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 the most difficult competition, but I hope that this is just doing a lot for their confidence because they, that they, they look good. They, they really do. Agreed. Absolutely agree. So with that being said, we are going to take a little break. Uh, we will be back shortly. We're going to start talking about some of these playoff scenarios that just keep, it feels like we've been talking about this for weeks, but now it's really starting to, to feel real. So we're going to take a look at, at, at some of the major players in the playoff race, look at some scenarios, see what it's going to take for the Eagles to clinch their berth. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to diving deeper into that after the break. This is the Afterthought Podcast. And if your chest feels tight, it must mean it's time for another segment of Cooking with All Pups. Well, I just got back from the MD, and I'm thinking health food, and that means chicken. Chicken wings dressed in a buttery hot sauce. But to make it healthy, we're cooking in the air fryer. And of course, paired with a Diet Coke. It's time for that little technical step, our mise en place. And you'll remember, that means getting everything together first. Garlic powder, onion powder, a little salt and pepper, paprika. And if you like a little bit on the spicy side, get a little bit of cayenne. So what we're going to do is we're going to get our chicken wings ready, pat them nice and dry, and spray them liberally with a little bit of cooking spray. And toss that all in a bowl. When you're done that, then sprinkle just a little bit of cornstarch on top. That's going to give you that crispy flavor. Preheat your air fryer up to 375, maybe even 400, and then lay out your chicken wings in a single layer. It's important not to stack them or they won't be crunchy, they'll just be steamed. You want to cook them for 20 minutes on each side, flip them, cook them, you're good to go. Make sure they're nice and crispy looking. The last step is that buttery hot wing sauce. What I like to do is use a little bit of Frank's, like maybe a half a cup of Frank's, and then I add a little bit of butter. Use enough butter that you're thinking it's just a little too much. And then add a splash of vinegar also, maybe a tablespoon of vinegar. I also like to add a little bit of Old Bay to that whole thing. Once your chicken wings are done, toss them in a bowl, toss them liberally, and go and enjoy the game. Again, a nice ranch goes great with this. And you know what? If you're on that health food kick, go ahead and have a little bit of celery. Hey, this has been Cooking with All Pups. Back to you guys in the studio. All right, and welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast. So, Andrew, we're going to talk a little bit about scoreboard watching this weekend. There are actually two scenarios that the Philadelphia Eagles can clinch, can clinch a playoff spot this weekend upcoming, and we're going to cover it really quick. Then we're going to go through some scenarios and then some other teams that are going to be making the playoffs across the NFL. How's that sound? Do you want to talk about that, Andrew? You just want to cut the show off short. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm it's, it's getting late. I'm ready for, I'm ready for bed, man. Just, <laughs> no, but it honestly, man, like this is it's so cool. Like I honestly did not realize until, you know, our our little pre-show research here that like it, it's crazy that there's an opportunity to clinch this week. Like if you would have told me this a couple weeks ago, it's it like It doesn't feel only, like it. Yeah, the only way the Eagles in my mind at that time would ever be able to make it, it it would like come down to like, of course the last game of the season. So the fact that they can like clinch a berth this weekend, if if everything goes our way, that's pretty, (laughs) that's pretty awesome. So let's, uh, let's try to, let's try to like explain it as the best that we can, because it can be very confusing. But then I think once, you know, once, once it's out there, I think people be like, Oh, okay. That's not that difficult. This can happen. We got this. I, I think it can happen. 
best part about this is, and I don't know about everyone else listening out there, I love NFL Red Zone. The Eagles game is at 1 p.m., and the two games that we need to be scoreboard watching are in the afternoon. So right after the 1 o'clock game, hopefully after a win against Washington, flip it over to NFL Red Zone and be able to catch live highlights of both games in real time. Just a little fun tip for you there. Happy New Year to us all. Yeah. Yeah, so here is the way that the Eagles clinch. Doesn't mean that if this doesn't happen, we're out of the playoffs. There's still multiple scenarios. I'm looking at a table with at least, you know, 25, 30 different options right now. It's hurting my face looking at this table. It is. Yeah, I am getting such a headache. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like um, like in the hangover, like that meme when he's like crunching all the numbers and all the math is going on through his head. Like, I feel like that right now. So like a rain man. Yeah. If Philadelphia wins, we need San Francisco to beat Houston and Green Bay to beat Minnesota in primetime 8.20 p.m. Instantly, I feel like that is a path of least resistance. San Francisco should whoop Houston, but Houston did just whoop the Chargers. I don't think anybody saw that. And Minnesota and Green Bay is an interdivisional game. Interdivisional games are always different. Listen, when the when the when the uh, New England Patriots were at the top of their game, they still lost to the Dolphins once a season. It's just the way <laughs> that interdivision games go, right? So I always get a little bit worried for that. The second option we have is Carolina beats New Orleans, which is also a very real possibility because we saw what Ian Book could do last night. Unfortunately, I've been following Ian Book since Notre Dame. I loved watching him play there, and he just doesn't <laughs> he just didn't make a good NFL debut. Doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback, but I just don't think he made a good debut. But if he's playing in Carolina, Carolina could win that game. We still need Green Bay to win that night. Those are the two ways a San Francisco win or a Carolina win, Green Bay beats Minnesota. Talk to me, Andrew. Well, I mean, the first thing that I noticed is that both San Francisco and Green Bay are playing at home. So that works very well in the Eagles' favor, especially Green Bay playing at Lambeau. Even though it's a divisional game, I like I just that is that still feels like a huge advantage. Now, I will say, you know, Minnesota is also used to the cold weather, especially this time of year. So I I don't think that the weather will necessarily play a huge, you know, have a huge impact. But look, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit ago, like Kirk Cousins is not a primetime quarterback. He just does not have a very strong track record in, you know, in primetime games. Um, I'm trying to find some spreads on these games, actually. It looks like, uh, so, you know, just for what it's worth, the Eagles are a three and a half point favorite on the road. So that is promising. Um, interestingly, though, I'm seeing that Carolina is a six point underdog to the Saints. So we're, we're definitely, we're sure that Ian Book is definitely starting that game. I actually, I haven't heard the latest. Yeah. I mean, after last night, I, I have no idea. I don't really follow Saints news. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about most hated franchises up in another episode, and the Saints are like <laughs> near the top of that list. So Amen. I do not go out of my way to find out Saints news. But I think for all intensive purposes, the San Francisco beating Houston is like the most promising out of those two outcomes, right? Like, there's I mean, no way. A, yep, yep. No way that shouldn't happen. They are a 12 and a half. Yeah, San Fran's a 12 and a half point favorite. I think 
I think Trey Lance is going to start. I think the rookie is going to start this weekend. Um, I know he started a couple games earlier this year, and I saw that Jimmy Garoppolo um, had some sort of torn ligament somewhere. So again, if I am making things up, I apologize. But the last that I saw is that Trey Lance will be starting, and it does look like San Francisco as the home favorite. Um, yeah, they, they're almost a, a two-touchdown favorite, so that's pretty significant. And then also seeing here that Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Minnesota. So if the chips fall as as we hope they do, which, you know, for all of those people who, who bet out there and, you know, uh, like to bet on the favorites – clearly they always win right i'm being totally sarcastic that rare <laughs> like unfortunately it's never that easy but if we're just looking at numbers if we're just going by science you know which carson wentz doesn't necessarily uh live by that's okay <laughs> um yeah i mean the, the numbers are very much in the eagles in the eagles uh corner here so um it's it's shaping up well i just don't want to get too i don't want to get too excited man i don't i don't have my heart broken yeah, well, you know, it, it, and it's not even that. If you look at the percentages, we have a 68% chance to make the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we do lose this weekend, which I don't think will happen, um, you know, if we want to talk about two up, two down and our thoughts of the game, it's going to be a carbon copy of what we did two weeks ago when we were playing Washington. Uh, good job, NFL schedule makers, for just bunching it all in here. Um, there are still multiple scenarios that we can make out, but the path of least resistance, the path that gets us to week 18 with a clinch playoff berth would be looking like that. And then I would be going to the Eagles-Dallas game, um, most likely watching a whole bunch of backups playing, and it's going to look more like a preseason game. You know, there's one thing that you shared with me right before we hopped on this and it was actually looking at other playoff teams and their percentages of making the playoffs. Would you believe me if I told you week five that the Ravens only have a 30% chance of making the playoffs? Or what about a 33% chance of the Chargers making the playoffs? <laughs> how red hot they've been playing. It's crazy to see how one year and just the dynamic has totally shifted. Cause I think a lot of people thought the Ravens and Chargers were almost you know, not favorites, but, you know, expected to at least make the playoffs. You know what, though? It's like, you know, and and to that point, you know, it's like the Steelers, I mean, they do have a, the Steelers I'm looking at, they have a 12% chance, but it's like both of those divisions are just very strong. There's a lot of like all of the teams are 500 or better. So I think the Steelers are, are in last place in their division and they're seven, seven and one. Um so then like, yeah, when you're talking about the Chargers, it's like on one hand, it is hard to believe because I think about their high octane offense. They have, a you know, a solid defense. They're eight and seven, you know, it's but like they play in a division with the Chiefs and also like the Raiders have not been terrible this year. They're eight and seven. Um, who the heck is the final team in that I'm completely blanking on in their division that is also I know that there's another strong team there. Oh, the Broncos. The Broncos are seven yeah. and eight. So, um, you know, these are teams that it's like they're all lucky just to split with the teams that they face in their division. You know what I mean? Like if they can all go three and three against teams in their division, like that's probably a success because, um, and also that extra game this season, like having that, that 17th game on the schedule just really does a lot in terms of shifting these percentages. So, uh, to answer your question about would I believe that the Ravens would not be in the playoff picture or only have a 33%. I, 
am shocked by that, but it's also like, this is a weird ass season, man. Like with all of the, just the people out with, with COVID protocols. And then also, you know, the extra game of the season, it's just like, it's very, it's very hard to just, it's very hard to predict. So, and it's also like really cool that both the Bengals and the Browns are like, well, the Browns, I don't think are going to make the playoffs, but it's mm-hmm. cool that just all of these teams are are in it because usually we're used to just the Ravens and the Steelers like completely running away with that division or you know one winning one making the wild card. Um, so just like yeah, seeing some of these old Ohio teams starting to be relevant again is kind of exciting for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, listen the the Steelers have a twelve percent chance of making the playoffs. The Seahawks, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson and everyone saying, I wish we had DK are eliminated from playoff contention. As of right now, the only few teams that have made a playoff berth are the Chiefs, who are 26% the Super Bowl favorites, followed by the Packers, 24%. Bucks have clinched with only a 9% chance to win the Super Bowl, which... Tom Brady's already looking at this list laughing. <laughs> it's time, time, time to put some money on the Bucks. Yeah, it's time to put some money. Yeah, right? The Rams, Cowboys, and Cardinals have all clinched um, at this point in the season. But then, you know, the Colts have a 97% chance. Interesting thing about the Colts, though, is Carson Wentz tested positive today for COVID since he's not vaccinated. Um, legitimately hope his wife and kids are okay. Um, is going to have to miss 10 days. So they're most likely going to lose to Las Vegas because they're going to be starting Sam Ellinger. And then they play Jacksonville. If they lose those two games, I don't think they actually make the playoffs. That'd be crazy at a 97% chance to miss week one. Titans. uh, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. You you think Jonathan Taylor is going to get some work this weekend without without their starting quarterback? I mean, think about it. They're going to be running that. I mean, I don't know. The Eagles are the number one running defense. I mean, running offense in the NFL. So so who knows? Your guess is just as good as mine. But um, it's it's definitely interesting, right? Ninety seven percent chance. You're so close to be there. Carson Wentz is out. Listen, we got our 75% snaps. I'm okay with it. Uh, Titans are at 97% chance. And also the Patriots. The Patriots. Mac Jones has been turning it on. We're going to have a Mac Jones segment here in a few weeks. Um, They've also been turning on. So just a lot of like really, um, like I said, a lot of crazy hopefuls. A lot of new teams entering the playoffs this year. It's really exciting to see this across the NFL. It really is. And the, the Patriots and the Bills have a fun little, they're having a fun little end of season because, um, you know, remember the, the game a couple weeks ago where the wind was just out of control and, uh, you know, the Patriots ended up winning that game, just literally running the ball all but what, three plays? I think they ran the ball all but three times. Um, and so the Bills, you know, got a little bit of revenge this past weekend and their seeds completely flopped. So like, you know, the, the Bills were the number seven seed and then they beat the Patriots and now the two of them f- switch spots now bills are back getting home field advantage again um so it's just it's a lot of it's just like this it's really coming down to the wire and there's so many things that can happen i will say the colts probably are going to get in just because they play jacksonville the final week of the season but then again you know teams teams are teams are spoilers you know teams teams love to spoil uh especially when it's a divisional game so um look man it's it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, fight to the finish here. I'm super excited to see. Hopefully, the Eagles. I mean, yes. I don't know. Again, the odds are in our favor, so let's let's hope that they can make things easy. I actually would be. 
honestly kind of worried if we even if we are playing Dallas's backups the final game of the season I really want to avoid that game needing to mean anything by all counts um so yeah we'll 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 have to see what happens on uh I do want it before we you know before we end things today we've got a little bit of sad news before the show today that uh legendary broadcaster and you know video game franchise uh you know a- a- anyone that's that's our age or younger you know knows Madden more for the video game than they do for his actual coaching career. And I mean, we were fortunate enough at least to listen to some broadcasting with, with him and Pat Summerall growing up, Mm. but uh, really it's just, it's a shame, you know, and it's, I, isn't like I, I feel like I keep seeing these previews on Fox for some sort of uh, like Madden, either like an interview or some sort of documentary, some sort of like tribute feature on him. And I remember like seeing him, I'm like, he, looks pretty old so when i saw that he was you know he's he's 85 he lived a hell of a life um but it's definitely going to be a um it's 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 going to be a loss felt across the entire nfl for sure so uh yeah how about what what did you think when you saw the news originally yeah man i mean listen i think the name madden is synonymous with football right Mm -hmm. hell of a coaching career um huge impact on the sport um Man, I just remember, like, just like you said, listening to his broadcast and just like there's nobody more football than John Madden. And I hope um, even though I hate the fact that EA owns the licensing to Madden, I hope the name of John Madden lives on. Um, It's really sad news. Um, But, you know, like I said, I, I hope that legacy continues to live on. Um, dude was just an absolute legend, did so much for the game and just was genuinely a good person. You know what I mean? There was never no drama or anything around John Madden. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. It's, it's, it's just, it's like really, it's crazy how much a voice can just change the entire experience of, of, of just like, you know, absorbing a football game. I mean, we are so lucky in this town to have Merrill Reese to, well, to listen to on the radio at least, but like. You know, it's just it's such a gift. It's such a gift that these guys are able to just like broadcast games and they just create this. Just It just sounds like football. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. sounds like football. Mm-hmm. So so the sound of football definitely is is going to be mourning this loss. And uh, hey, you know, it was it was. Uh, well, you know, what can you do? Life goes on. I'm looking forward to a lot of the tributes that that we'll be seeing this weekend. Yeah. And uh with that being said, you know, on, on that on that happy note, um, let's go out there this freaking Sunday. Let's wrap it up. Let's get a win. Let's clinch the playoffs, baby, because I, I want to just let's do I, it. I wanna, I let's celebrate do it with you next weekend. I want to hug you virtually. And Alex, it's been great, man. I uh, like I said, I look forward to talking to you next week. And that'll do it for episode five of the Afterthought podcast. Peace out, y'all.